Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. G'day and welcome to another edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier, here for the Committee for Wyndham. And don't forget to check out their Facebook page and their website for all the details of uh, upcoming events, including uh, online forums, online workshops, and a whole lot of, a whole range of uh, activities that are coming up in the future. And of course, uh, have a look at the possibilities, if you're not already, of becoming a member for the uh, Committee for Wyndham. An organisation, obviously, it's been around for a while now, but does some uh, terrific work, including this podcast. And today we're going to talk to, uh, one of the things we've noticed, obviously, in COVID-19 is uh, the resilience of, of business, of local business, to, to make the most of the situation that we found ourselves in. And one who's done that beautifully is Paul Sadler Swimland. Been in the Hoppers area since the early 2000s. And Damien Inazano, who's uh, the manager of the Hoppers Crossing branch of the Paul Sadler Swimland, joins me today to have a chat about uh, the, the challenges that they face, the way they've got around it, and what they look forward to in the future uh, post-COVID-19. Damien, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Um, obviously, interesting times. Take us through what uh, what the uh, ramifications of all the different sets of lockdowns have had to the to the Paul Sadler Swimland uh, chain. Yeah, it's certainly been a pretty tough time for us, Kevin. But we're um, yeah, we're, we're trying trying to look to, to where we get to in the future at the moment. But we we closed down in the original um, federal government shutdown in on the twenty third of March. Um, so all of our pools were, were closed at that time. Um, we we were able to open up a, a couple of our pools in regional Victoria in, in Bacchus Marsh and Bendigo just for a few weeks back in the, the first easing of restrictions um, back in late late June and July. Um, but then they've been closed again since um, early August. So, um, yeah, it's been a challenging time to try and you know, remain connected with our, our customers and our team, but um, we're, we're sort of looking forward to getting back into the pool as soon as we're allowed to. We, we, we're pretty excited to get back into it. We're heading into the warmer weather, the warmer part of the year, and obviously with the easing of restrictions uh, in the city area and obviously in regional areas, more people are going to be going to the water, more people are going to be on the beaches, the swimming pools are open. Are you are you concerned that our level of safety is uh, and our level of water awareness at the moment is not good because of what's happened? Um, yeah, yeah, we are. Um, I think you touch on that point. It's absolutely right. People have had a a really challenging year and, and, and as we head towards summer we're going to be desperate for, for some recreation and, and they're going to be heading to the beach and to the pools and um, our message has always been that, that the importance of, of making sure you learn to swim and, and learning to swim all year round as a um, as a strategy. Swimming water safety isn't something that you can Pick up off the shelf in November and um, and be safe around the water. It's a it's a skill that takes a long time to learn and to to um, to practice. So we are worried about the the safety ramifications. Um, so I guess we're kind of urging people to be absolutely extra vigilant um, this summer as they as they do seek that recreation. But um, but as, as soon as swimming lessons are a, an option again, um, we're encouraging people to get back into it as soon as they possibly can. And that amount of time that it takes for someone to drown is quite frighteningly short. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's fast and it's quiet. Um, when someone's underwater, um, they don't make a sound. So um, it is. It's scary. It's sort of ten to twenty seconds is about all it can take. Um, and uh, yeah, so what what we what we try and teach, and and all all swimming schools try and teach, um, and we have a particular focus on survival and safety in deep water. Um, and so often that. What we try and teach the kids in particular is, is just skills that can buy them a little bit of time. Um, to be able to tread water for, for 30 seconds or a minute is, is, might be that 30 seconds that allows, allows someone to be able to come to some assistance. So, um, it really is the difference between, between, um, surviving or not. It's the thirty seconds, or the minute, or the two minutes uh, that that could uh, that stops you from panicking, uh, hopefully, or at least slows down your anxiety and and allows you to kind of like take a breath and think, okay, what is happening here? Absolutely, absolutely. Drowning incidents don't um they, they often start as as happy recreation. Um, you know, not all drowning incidents are are somebody. Falling into a pool or falling off a boat, but but um, but they're real they're real options. But um, yeah, that that composure is really important in a in a stressful situation. Um, one to be able to buy that time, but also just to, yeah to be able to assess the situation, get get back to safety, or or, or be able to call out for some assistance. Um, but unfortunately, without those skills um, to be able to keep yourself up above the water. Um, it, it, it can go. It can go bad really quickly. Um, you head straight down. Damon, you've been. Uh, your first job was uh, was uh, as a swim instructor at Swimland back in the early two thousands. What's changed in that uh, almost twenty years that you've been involved in the industry? Um, the, the industry's made you know great strides in in um, in water safety, um, but still so much work to go. Um, the a life-saving drowning report came out recently and there's still 248 people drowned in Australia in waterways last year. So um, still a long way to go, but, um, but but that figure has come a long way in, in that time. Um, it's funny, all the things that we've tried to do at Swimland over that time and we've and we've made several advancements and, and um, always trying to innovate um, the lessons remarkably uh, are quite similar to what they were when I learned, which um, is probably a testament to the the program that Paul's built up over um, half a decade yeah. um, in that those lessons that, that I learned to teach um, yeah, nearly 20 years ago are, are remarkably similar to the lessons that, that we still teach today. So. Adult programs. I mean, it's always talked about teaching kids to swim, and I think that's an incredibly important thing that uh, that needs to be addressed. And we'll talk about that in a tick. But um, the adult part of the program has that become uh, more of a focus of recent years, with a, a lot of uh, people coming in from other countries where they they just don't have beaches and they just don't swim. It has. Um, we, we we reopened our adult program a couple of years ago, um, and it's been it's been really popular. Um, Unfortunately, we'll head back to that water safety message. And unfortunately, sort of a, a secondary drowning, which is where an adult will, you know, go go to to assistance of of somebody else, um, and unfortunately run into trouble themselves, is is horrifically a real event. Um, and, and and yeah, so that we we 
we come across so many scenarios where families tell us and parents tell us that they really want their kids to be able to swim because they can't swim themselves um, and they don't they miss out on the opportunities that you that you have around um, around water recreation the things that you can't do if you can't swim so you can't go surfing you can't go to the beach you can't um, you know have fun in the pool if you can't swim so um, we do get we get that feedback a lot from our families and our and our parents that they've loved that skill um, for their children um, and and it takes a you know a significant amount of courage for them I think when they're um, you know at a later stage in life to yeah. take up that skill like learning any new skill but um, it's terrific to watch and it's it's hugely rewarding for us to watch some of those um, you know, some of the adults learning the skills that their kids have already mastered. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's terrific to see, and yeah, it is it's certainly growing in popularity. Now, Damien, is it is it right that the younger you get the kids into the pool, the better? Is the, is that is that true? Is that a myth, or what what is the real story there? No, ab- absolutely, absolutely. The younger, the better. There's um, we, we we start the kids off from um, from the age of four months. We can get them into classes with wow. with with a guardian in the water. Um, it's at around about the age of three to four that we transition them into a class just with the teacher. Um, but yeah, the, the, the earlier, the better, the, um, the options to get the kids into some, some patterned learning and, um, starting to teach their motor skills. Um, we can do that certainly at, a, at an early age. Um, and it can be a little bit easier with the kids with, with a little bit of, um, that blind naivety to, to um, start teaching them. So, um, yeah, we certainly think it's the easier the better. The, the older you get, you do have you have some of that conscious resistance, um, and that's what we you know you do get with adults as well, um, where they can think about it a little bit more, where where the kids are a little bit happier to have a crack at stuff. So, absolutely, the sooner the better. Where does that come? Where why do we, why are we scared of the water? Has anyone ever actually worked that out? I, I don't know. I don't know of any. Yeah, don't know of any sort of studies or anything. But it's um. I, I recall, I do recall reading something that there was, I believe we're only born with two fears and I don't think water is one of them. Yeah. Um, I think it, yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what they were, but um, yeah, I'm not sure where it comes from, but it's maybe that uncertainty, maybe the, uh, yeah, uh, I'd have to have to point somewhere else <laughs> to try and find an answer to it. Hey, Damien, something will pop on the list. What, uh, what makes a good instructor? What what do you look for when you're employing people for uh, for Paul Saddlers uh, as instructors? What 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 what's the the thing they need to have going for them? We always say you can't fake it. You can't fake enjoying it. Um, a, a great instructor for us is has very very similar traits to any great teacher of of any um, of any skill or the great teachers that you had at school. Um, passion for the program, passion for the skill that we're trying to teach. So um, we often talk about passion being just a, a real cornerstone for what we're trying to do. You, if you don't love working with the kids and and seeing their progression and, um, and seeing their skills develop, it's just a job that you can't fake. Um, you pretty soon not enjoy it and you, you won't enjoy Spending four hours in the pool and um, you know, and being wet and cold and having kids spitting over, over you and all that sort of stuff if you, <laughs> if you don't enjoy the outcomes of it. So um, certainly the passion, the patience, the kids kids teach you. I, I often say that the kids teach us more than we teach them. 
Um, no two kids are the same. They're just um, they're always throwing up different challenges for us to to work through. And um, yeah, so I'd have to I'd have to point at passion and and that enthusiasm. Yeah. Speaking of challenges, uh, COVID nineteen obviously threw a challenge up, and and you responded by that by going to online lessons. How did that work? Yeah, we did. Um, well, obviously with the uh, with the secondary lockdown, it um, it kind of pointed us to um, trying to innovate to to be able to remain connected with our customers. We did have that we had that water safety message in mind that we're really worried about how how much time people have had off their swimming lessons, and as we and, and if it did head towards summer, that um, that kids hadn't had a, a swimming lesson for a long, long time, that that water safety was going to be really compromised. So um, we we started to think about a few different ways that we could try and offer some sort of product. We have, we're not one of those industries that have been able to really easily pivot to online sales or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need a pool to be able to teach lessons. So we looked at, um, yeah, we, we, we wanted to be able to provide some exercises for our kids. Um, if you reach swimming at a, a level where you're doing some, um, I guess, some sort of club style training, there's plenty of kind of dry land activities that you can do for, for your body. Um, so we tried to adapt some of those um, and brought them into some, some strategy or some classes with some older swimmers. Um, and there's quite a lot of popularity in that. So we, we brought in some younger, um, younger level classes. Um, and then we've also just recently introduced, um, some babies lessons as well, because there's, as I said before, we, we try and get kids into the pool from four months of age. And if you were born around November last year, um, you haven't had an opportunity to have any swimming lessons yet, yeah. even if you wanted to. So, um, there's certainly some skills that, People can be starting to practice in the bath at home um, with their babies, and and there's other activities that some of the older kids can practice as well, just to just to keep their bodies moving. and And that's the um, that was the goal of the physical side of it, and then the other side of it too was we just wanted to remain connected with our customers. We, you know that kids kids in particular have had a, an enormous amount of disruption this year, and they've missed out on. Um, schooling and socialising and all the things that they love to do and, and we know that one of those things is to come along to their swimming lesson each week. It's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's supposed to be a fun activity. It's a fun half hour. They like their teachers and they build great relationships with their teachers. So we wanted to give them an, give them an opportunity to, to reconnect with us like that. What was the reaction uh, from your customers to the online uh, side of it? Yeah, it's been really popular. Um, yeah, really popular. As, as, as I said before, there's those that have missed out on so much, and 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 we know that we've got we know that we've got a group of customers. And we saw back in June and July um, when we were we we actually got to the point of being about to reopen when the when the secondary lockdown came into play. We were due oh. to reopen in about three or four days, so we'd got to the point of booking a number of our swimmers back into the program. And there was a lot of enthusiasm for that. So that gave us a bit of heart that people were really keen to get back into it. People were, were really missing that activity. Um, and so, yeah, there were a number of people that just jumped on these sessions for the, for the chance to, um, for the chance to be involved. And, and we offered, we obviously offered it at no charge or anything like that. It's, it's purely a, um, an exercise to be able to help stay connected and help continue that message. 
The minute that uh, the uh, the governing bodies give you the uh, the go ahead to open up and uh, and get back uh, to work again, are you you're ready to go? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we did a lot of that obviously because we did a lot of that groundwork back in June and July when we were preparing. Um, so all of the things that we need to do around COVID safe plans and things like that, um, we've we've always said that we will we'll continue to do whatever we need to and whatever is directed of us to to make sure that our our centres are the safest environments possible. Um, yeah, so um, we've got a we've got our long list of things that we need to do for our COVID safe plans, but but we're absolutely obviously committed to making sure that um, we're a safe environment. We think we're a safe environment. There, there doesn't there appears to be some some good research to suggest that that pools can be safe. Um, our water is you know heavily filtrated and and um, and well sanitised to ensure yep. that um, not just COVID nineteen but um, we're controlling bacteria in the water at the best of times, so um, it's it's probably quite a quite a controlled environment, not only for the pool, but also being a, a private learn to swim centre. We we have very good understanding of who's coming into the building, who's going to be there at any one time. We space the kids out according to their group in the in the pool, so we've got a we've got quite a lot of control over the the flow of operations. Um, which which we think is an advantage for us. Yeah, it's the point that I've seen a number of articles of, uh, of recent days in regards to uh, why swim schools uh, and and private pools should be allowed to open and uh, and start operating again is because you have probably more control over it than uh, than ninety percent of uh, most businesses. Yeah, we think so. Yeah, if you bring your child into swimming, um, you know, and, and a week later we need to find out where they were, then. We can probably trace that back pretty easily. We know exactly what part of the pool they were going to be in because that matches our our rotations of our classes and our pool positioning, and we split up our pool positioning um, at the best of times anyway. Um, and we've obviously got um, contacts of uh, you know parent contacts of the swimmers on on file. So um, yeah, we've got a really good understanding of who's coming in and out. We don't do public swimming where we're at, so um, we're lucky in that instance. But all of our anyone that comes through the building, we, um, we we've got a relationship with. So, uh, Damien, it sounds like uh, that you're going to have a, a set of kind of parameters to to work within from a COVID nineteen point of view, and from a from a if, uh, I'm not sure if it's the health department that sits over the top of you or whatever it is, but your your organisation's gone well and truly above and beyond that to ensure that uh, there's really no questions for people to ask about uh, any of the the safety and uh, and health regulations. So you've Ticking all the boxes and then some. Yeah, we'd like to think so. Um, we'd like to think so that they, uh, yeah, some of those, some of those sort of full placement and things like that make life, um, you know, inherently easier for us. Um, we've made some changes with some of the equipment that we use and the process that we're going to um, put in place to make sure that they're well sanitised. We're going to make sure that we've got some extra people on hand as a sort of a COVID concierge or something like that. Um, we're sort of sort of working through what that role looks like, but we'll just make sure that um, if we need to if we need to make some changes or some or some help and support with 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 the flow of people, um, just to ensure that we're we're keeping our customers and our team as safe as possible. Um, you know, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of staff as well, and and our team does such a fantastic job for us um, all the time. So 
we want to make sure that we look after them as, as best we can. Yeah, and I guess you've also got to be mindful of uh, the business part of the operation. I mean, it's obviously a viable business, but not one that's a, a printing press for money at the back. So all these extra measures and all these things you've got to do are all going to cost money and uh, obviously will affect the, uh, the viability of the business in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like we're, we're, as many businesses have learned, um, if you haven't got any money coming in, it's it's, it's challenging to, to keep it sustainable. So um, like most um, swim schools, and the, or the, certainly in metropolitan region, um, we haven't had any income since the 23rd of March. So that makes it a very um, very challenging scenario to run a business. Um, but we, 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 we think, um, we think we can get back on track, and we know that we've got um, you know, a number of loyal families, and um, but certainly those precautions that we're looking to put in place, um, we're really supportive of making sure that we can get to that that COVID normal. I think that seems to be the the, the phrase of the month at the moment. Yeah. But um, you know that we do have to be prepared for scenarios where there are um, there are cases, there are outbreaks, and and putting in some some mitigation processes where, you know, if it does happen, we are still able to operate in a safe manner and um, so we're looking at all those types of options around the way that we roster our teams and the way that we, um, yeah, the way that we bring people in and out so that, we, um, so that we've got some backup plans in place um, because being closed it certainly hasn't been fun. No, and for me, you're an essential service because uh, everyone has to be able to swim. You have to be able to, and if you can't, we don't expect you to be, you know, Ian Thorpe or uh, Grant Hackett or whatever, but uh, gee whiz, you've got to be able to survive uh, in the water and, and be able to, you know, not drown, basically. And uh, I, I see you as an essential service. Yeah, we'd like to think so. If you certainly, um, you know, if you go back to the history of, of, of how Paul started um, our business, um, that was that was the, the cornerstone of it. He, um, he was a PE teacher and he's always said, and he still says today, you know, you can learn to run, jump, skip, hop, ride a bike, um, but none of those skills can actually save your life. And, and that was where his passion for teaching swimming started. Um, but these are the things that, that it's a skill that you need to be able to survive. And I think I said earlier, there's so many activities that, not only their preventative measures, but they're great fun activities that yeah. you just can't do if you can't swim. You can't go surfing if you can't swim. You can't go. You shouldn't go fishing if you can't swim. You you can't go scuba diving if you can't swim. There's just so many things that are um, that are really required. And with the warmer weather, we all want to do those things. And uh, yeah, I think it's really important. Have you got uh, any time frame at the moment as to when you think you might be able uh, to? Uh, the restrictions will be lifted so you can get back into business. Um, we're, we're trying our best to read between the lines on the dates. I mean, it was good to see some, um, some positivity with the October 26 date being brought forward a week on the weekend's, um, announcements. So we had had some hope that we might be able to be included in that step three, um, scenario. But I guess the, the worst case at the moment might be that we might be in that step four scenario, which, which we'll be hoping we might be the early, early to mid-November at this stage, but we hope to be a bit sooner than that. And normally I would imagine you close down over the Christmas New Year period. Are you still planning to do that this year or will you will you revise that depending on when you when you can get to open? We generally close for a few weeks, um, but we are, yeah, we are having a bit of a look at that at the moment. We'd, we'd, we'd often run um, holiday programs 
through the through the period that we are closed. Um, and we're just having a bit of a look at, at what the options might be that, that we may even operate for an extra couple of weeks um, on top of what we would normally do or whether we ramp up the holiday programs. But we, we, we certainly know that families are going to be wanting to do something and, um, and, and as I said, getting back into those, those key activities. Um, we would often run holiday programs as a bit of a, uh, I guess, an intensive program that can really um, provide some great improvement in a, in a short space of time. So we might be looking at something like that as well. So, um, yeah, definitely looking, definitely um, got a few options on the table. Uh, as simple as uh, people just uh, Googling Paul Sadler Swimland and they can find out all the other uh, centres, uh, Hoppers and Melton and Bacchus Marsh, all the places that uh, that you are? Absolutely. PaulSadlerSwimland.com.au. Um, check out all the pools. I've got our, got our own Facebook page as well, which we, we pop heaps of information up on them. So, um, and, and all of the pools have got people, um, even though we're on greatly sort of reduced capacities at the moment, everybody's... Um, checking the phones or checking the emails. So if you need to get in touch with any of us, um, just drop us a line and, and we'll be in touch. Got the pool to yourself, Paul. Are you jumping in and having a dip every now and again? Oh, I'd love to. Um, <laughs> I'd love to. Uh, it's, um, it's a little bit cool at the moment. We, we, we've dropped the temperature a little bit to, to try and manage our um, manage the, the closed-down expenses. We, we play around with the um, with the temperature and the, um, and the quick chemical levels and all that sort of stuff. So... It might be a little bit chilly. Um, oh, Damien, you'd so, be one of the icebreakers. Is that what they call them, the icebreakers? The blokes who go and swim in the surf when it's minus 10 degrees or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah, no, you can leave me out of that yeah, one. I'd rather, I'd rather stay dry. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Give me the sunshine and the warmth. Thanks very much. Uh, and, the heated, and the heated pool for me. Uh, Damien, really yeah, appreciate um, your time, mate. Thanks so much. I, I hope uh, you know sanity prevails soon and we uh, and we get to, to open up and uh, and you can get back to teaching uh, kids and uh, people of all ages uh, that very important uh, skill of uh, swim survival. Awesome. Really appreciate the chat, Kevin. Well, thanks to Damien for his time. We wish uh, Damien and the Paul Sadler Swimland all the best of luck in the future. The uh, the days, weeks and months ahead of us will no doubt be uh, as challenging as the last have been, but uh, hopefully some light at the end of the tunnel soon. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. With thanks to the committee for Wyndham, don't forget to check out their Facebook page and their website. whole range of things are coming up in the future. It'll be very exciting if you were part of it. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.